itself, talking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Madhavendra Puri. So Madhavendra Puri walked on the hill um, to establish the deity, as per the deity's instruction, and when there are many other devotees too, and, but they hold it sacred. And as I said, the Balavas have a certain idea, I, I can't remember what it is, uh, uh, that uh, allows them to walk on the hill, but at the same time um, think of it as worshipable. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's idea when he came to Vrindavan was more pronounced. And so he has set a standard from his, for his devotees from then on not to walk on the Govardhan Hill. Hmm? He wanted to have the darshan of Madhapanapuri's deity, but he didn't want to walk on the hill, so there was a dilemma for him, and the deity made arrangement that he was, his temple would be attacked again, and then he would be moved um, to another village, visiting of which didn't constitute walking on Govardhan Hill. The same almost exact um, thing happened when Rupa Goswami came to Vrindavan and the Gita came down for him and he didn't want to walk on the hill because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would set that example. So um, it's our particular standard set by Mahaprabhu him, himself. Um, even though his Paramaguru walked on the hill. If the deity says walk on the hill, then you have to walk on the hill. So it's a simple answer, but it's the, it's the right answer. Yes, Krishanki, you had a question? Yeah, Mr. Marge, I wanted to ask about the internal and external darshan. You mentioned something about it yesterday in this chemical, how Krishna can appear internally and external. And if I understood correctly, you said that the external Appearance is more important. So, well, not more important. Uh, it's important. The internal darshan is said to be not as as spiritually uh, profound, um, and um, Sanatha Goswami makes that point. Um, the meditative experience of internal darshan is one that if others are in your proximity they don't have the same experience I would say that it's not necessarily the case that if you're having the darshan of Krishna like he came to Madhavendra Puri we are talking about him briefly before him externally hmm, um, if you're having that kind of darshan which is more um, profound it's not necessarily the case that, that everyone in proximity is having the darshan. They're seeing something more than they're seeing if you're having an internal darshan. But again, it takes eyes of love to see Krishna for who he is. But um, that's a very special kind of a, uh, of a, a darshan. That before the meditative devotee, kind of in the, in the physical, if you will, uh, for lack of a better word, <laughs> Krishna appears. Hmm? And we have instances of this, instances of such that have been described and so forth. So, Sanatana Goswami has said this is a superlative form of darshan. Um, I don't know if he makes much of an argument 
for that. Um, maybe something to the effect of the senses being focused within, having the meditative experience of Krishna coming without and being on the senses ex- externally. Um, I think he wants to make more out of that. I, I think he he really perhaps ultimately wants to make more of the Leela experience of Krishna than the meditative experience that, for example, yogi might have. Hmm? Um, that, and, and, of course, in, in the Leela we get this example also. Uh, oftentimes it's, it's just mentioned in, 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 well, in the Bhagavatam in a few times and brought up by the commentators that the gopis, for example... Um, they're they're um, contrasted with yogis. Hmm? So obviously, it's a meditative experience in the meditative, if you will, use my language, subjective world and so forth. The whole lila, but it's different than the than the mystic yogi's experience. Hmm? More profound. And examples like the yogi trying to meditate upon Krishna and keep Krishna on the mind is there, and if he's successful, he may get some internal darshan of some sense of Krishna. Hmm? Krishna may show. But that, in comparison to the gopis, who are overtly trying to forget about Krishna, and get Krishna off their minds because he's he's ruined their lives by um, causing them to fall in love with him and then leave town hmm? and uh, live in the big city and 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 so on and so forth. So he, he, their prayers are often um, in separation from deprecating him, and uh, and then they'll turn the other side and and not blame him to blame themselves. It's very pathetic to hear those prayers, I mean, in a, in a beautiful way, I mean. Um, but um, this example is given of that their experience of Krishna exceeds that of yogis who can only have some type of internal meditative darshan, which is generally thought to be, whoa, that's it, you know. He's meditating, he's gone there, and in the gopis' lives, the lives in, of, as depicted of the devotees in the Leela, looks like maybe something else, worldly even. Hmm? It's not overtly spiritual, like the yogi, he's fasting, he's sitting controlled completely, meditating, and, and, the, and devotees are, well, feasting. Hmm? They're not fasting. And... Um, uh, active and celebrating, and so so the leela is hard to understand. Hmm? Uh, Meditation is kind of easy to understand. It looks overtly spiritual. It's inside. He's having some experience of God. Okay, he, he's having. He's turned off to all experience externally. So, um, and he's pretty happy there, sitting there. So he must be experiencing something profound within that picture. People can identify with, but the picture of the leela. It looks um, worldly and provincial. Hmm? 
um, small village and and so on and so forth and and, um, and but somehow <laughs> it's hard to talk about it but they're they're in the subjective world and they're beyond meditation and he's appearing outside of them they've got a sarup they've got a spiritual body and he's appearing um, but even even the uh, the case is made for in the in the devotee sadaka day krishna may come like he did for madhavendrapuri externally so so in this way the external darshan is um, underscored and celebrated in sanatan's work bhagavad and appropriately so over the meditative internal eyes closed type of um, individual experience hmm, of Krishna. Um, again, it's 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 uh, it's uh, it's a little hard to talk about because even a devotee will have a meditative body internally and experience and so forth. But anyway, this is something about the contrast that he wants to make the experience in bhakti is uh, of Krishna is, is very extraordinary and of course there's internal darshan within bhakti as well so it is peculiar and extraordinary let's put it like this if you're meditating on Krishna and you open your eyes and there he is before you hmm? right he wants to say that's a very special darshan hmm? Krishna was uh, instructed by the hand of agents of, of Radha to, I told the story the other day too, that uh, when the rendezvous was arranged hmm, one night and Krishna arrived at the place and Radha wasn't there, hmm, maybe Krishna had gotten there a little early and so the ladies, handmaidens of Radha said, you just wait, let's see if he's really worthy of having your 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 darshan. Hmm. And so she stayed at a distance. They appeared. He said, where is Radha? I said, oh, well, she couldn't come. Hmm. But if you should chant her name, then surely she will come. Hmm. So... What did he do then? He began to chant, and nothing was happening. Hmm. So he, he he stopped and said, "Well, it's not it's not working." And they said, "Well, that's because you were making offense, some kind of aparad, hmm. inattentive, something like that." So again, he had to chant, and then, of course, and then they bring her, and then he opens his eyes, and there she is, meditating on the name, and there she is, standing before him. Hmm. So, it's a little different, but yeah, this is the idea, meditating on Krishna, and internally absorbed in your sadhaka day, and he appears before you, that is a special event. Hmm. That uh, exceeds the 
the uh, virtue, the glory of the internal darshan. What else? Yes. Uh, Raphael uh, asked me to ask you the question. He was listening to one talk where you were um, describing uh, how to recognize pure devotee, and you said that one way is like that this person brings many people to Krishna consciousness, and the other way is that they control their uh, their mind, belly, genitals. <coughs> so he is thinking how much. Mm, can we uh, rely on those criteria in modern times because people can learn how to control their uh, senses or, I don't know, appetites and many people will join but what are other criteria to recognize pure devotee? Well, um, I think that you need objective criterion um, I mean, just, uh, and I don't think that that control harnessing of the human passions is so easy to to imitate uh, or to arrive at by some other mechanical means, um, especially in the context of being a devotee. In other words, if someone is a devotee, hmm, then they want to control their mind and their senses and, and rise above the human passions and so forth. And um, it's not like they're buying some hypnotic, you know, CD or something like that and listening to that to control their senses and having success or something. They're trying to do it in the context of bhakti. So I, I don't know what the example would be if somebody trying to do it some other way. There might be somebody else trying to do it some other way, hmm? but not in... But, but they're not doing it in the context of bhakti. They may be successful. There are other ways to control the mind and the senses than bhakti. That's true. They're not as effective. They're not as easy, but there are ways to do that. Hmm? Um, that's true. But they're Buddhists. So we, if we wanted to have a guru who's going to teach us about bhakti, we, we don't go to a Buddhist who has controlled the senses and his mind. He has an experience that corresponds with, with his, his or her goal, ideal. So we're talking about devotees. I mean, I guess you want to talk in a broader sense to the general public. Hmm? Okay. Then you have to see this. But then again, again, we're making a point, we make a point from our tradition hmm, about bhakti, what is the sadhana, what is the sadhya, and, um, you know, Buddhists will have his sadhana and sadhya, and then people have to make their choice, obviously. If people choose to be a Buddhist, well, then they should find a Buddhist who's got control of the mind and the senses, and, you know, the same thing applies, if they, if, 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 but it's not that, that, well, I couldn't find a person who had controlled mind and senses amongst devotees, so I'll find one who's a Buddhist and, you know, and, and that'll work. That, you know, doesn't make any sense. And, and there are persons available, so, within, within, within the culture of, um, Gaudiya, Vedanta, and so forth. So, I mean, obviously you have to pick your, your path. So, one thing, we're going to talk about the nature of the path. Hmm? 
and speak about our path and its virtues as we understand it. And then in the context of that, we're going to speak about what a guru is in our path. Hmm. And what we say about our guru in terms of, to some extent, the external criterion, observable criterion, would hold true for other traditions as well. That part that you mentioned, controlling the senses, rising above the human passions, and so forth, this is uh, important, and it's observable to, to, to an extent. The person gets angry, loses their temper, or sort of, you know, there's a difference between using it and losing it, and, and you can tell. Hmm? Um, and uh, there are other ways to, you know, observe a person's character uh, to see if they're greedy, lusty, uh, avarice, to have, uh, um, uh, or if they have equipoise and so forth. Hmm? Uh, so, Again, and you need observable characteristics. You can't see things that are invisible. They're internal. Hmm? Unless you have the eyes to see them, and then you're doing pretty well already. Hmm? <laughs> so, so you need observable criteria. Now, that said, hmm, um, the control of the human passions and the other criterion that I have mentioned that, based on the Bhagavatam is that they have knowledge of the um, uh, uh, of the scriptural um, argument for Krishna and knowledge about Krishna from the scripture, and it's abundant. Shabde Nishnatam Brahmani Upashamashrayam. So the two things are there. Brahmani Upashamashrayam. Upashamashrayam means equipoise. You cannot have the kind of equipoise that the Bhagavatam is speaking about without having your feet on the ground, grounded on the ground of being. Hmm? It's not really something that you can, you, you, properly understood, you can imitate. Um, like I've said, the Bible says that you should love your neighbor like yourself. You really can't do that unless you know that my neighbor and I are one. We're both Chit-shakti, units of tatastashakti. We, we're, uh, and, and you're kind of living in that experience, then you can really treat people equally. This is not a, this is what Krishna in the Gita says is, is the perfection of yoga. Hmm? The highest yogi sees others. He, he, he can empathize because he, he doesn't see a difference. I mean, there's a difference and there's not a difference, but he, he sees an underlying unity and so forth. So, to have this equipoise, really, one has to have some standing. Or you just can't go on with it, just pretending. Hmm? Hmm. And, again, it's in the context of bhakti, so he's not going to be doing something else to control his senses, and it would be silly. Hmm. And, uh, I mean, there was a guy who was... a considered by some to be a Gaudiya Vaishnava guru, and he was teaching hypnotherapy. I don't know, to control his mind and the senses. <laughs> you know, there was a, he should have been teaching bhakti, but uh, how to do that. So it's pretty conspicuous that that person who's trying to control their mind and senses by some other means while being a devotee doesn't have the other qualification, but of shabde pare chanishnatam, knowing the scriptural argument very well. So both things are there. Hmm. So he or she is, has a, 
a, a measure of equipoise that's extraordinary, notable, and attractive. And it, it derives from inner experience, which is peaceful. You understand? And on top of that, he or she has a uh, depth, uh, an oceanic kind of measure of scriptural knowledge enough to drown out the, the, the doubts that may arise in the minds of any number of people hmm, in whom a little bit of faith has been um, created. So, has the power to eradicate doubts by citing the scriptural argument, the logic of the scripture, its implications. And so, Brahma, Shabde Pare, Trinishnatam. Shabde Pare, Pare means theistic. A theistic understanding of the Shabda, the sacred sound. Hmm? He or she is absorbed in the sacred sound. Nishnatam means they, from so many angles, they absorbed in this and, and, and know this and can, which is, can explain, which is required hmm, for removing the doubts. So, if they are that kind of person, hmm, and if they have controlled senses, then they have controlled senses by bhakti, because that's what they're teaching and that's what they know about. Hmm. They're not going to be trying to control it by some other means. There are other people who control by other means, but they are, they're not devotees, and they don't have shabde parechanishnatam. Hmm. They want to tell you something else uh, is the goal. Hmm? So they may be controlled, they should be, and they should be well-versed in their own scriptural uh, tradition. You have to pick your tradition, which one you want. But if you want bhakti, these are two fairly observable um, criterion. Hmm? Um pretty observable what if somebody knows the scripture you can ask them a question and, and they can, if they can if they can't answer it to eradicate your doubt satisfy and so forth well you know then then it's not going to be your guru and uh, because that's the position of the guru to, to, to remove the doubts and, the, and this is the way by citing the scripture and being able to reason about the scripture which requires some taste so that you can land on your feet and 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 show what the implication of a particular verse or section is, and how it plays out, and so on and so forth, in a in a in an ongoing kind of living manner. Hmm? That's what's being spoken about. They have to have that qualification, hmm? and and arguably as a derivative of such absorption. Hmm? And they have equal poise. Hmm. After all, Krishna is very much in the in the shastras. All kind of knowledge about him there, right? We learn so many things about him. So many things have been written about him there. They're absorbed in that. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So these are two. You know, you could say, well, the criterion is he has to be in the nikunja with Radha. Well, okay, <laughs> you know, great. How are you going to know? How are you going to see that? He says, I just came from the Nikunja with Radha, and any questions? You know? <laughs> I mean, people do that. That would be a sign of like, 
you know, so make suspect. Now, that said, there are other criterion that are observable that are often cited as well. For advanced devotees, hmm, the precursor, so to speak, the precursor um, kind of um, symptoms, preliminary, I think Prabhupada used the term, preliminary symptoms of bhava. So there are nine of them. Hmm. How does that start? I can't remember the first one. Forbearance. Hmm. How do you say forbearance in Sanskrit? Hmm. I'm sorry, what's that? Hmm? What's forbearance? Forbearance means like to tolerate. Uh, hmm? Shama. Shama. Ashabandha samutkanta. Hmm. Sadhanama. Uh, gee, I, I, I can't remember the Sanskrit anyway. So forbearance, and um, there's examples of all of them given elsewhere. Bhagavad like Parikshit Maharaj could sit fast and listen to Parikshit Maharaj to Sukadeva Goswami in spite of um, obstacles. Um, uh, kind of a hope, hope, hopeless, hopeless, hope beyond hope, ashabanda, hmm? certain kind of eagerness, uh, attachment to the chanting, attachment to living in a holy, holy place. Hmm? Um, so there are nine of these symptoms, preliminary symptoms. So often uh, the argument is made that bhava has external symptoms that can be imitated. People can train themselves to cry and fall on the floor and hold their breath, change their complexion. Um, and so those sort of things can be imitated to, to some extent. Hmm? Therefore, we are cautioned to look for the preliminary symptoms, hmm? which, um, forgive me, I can't remember the verse that, uh, that speaks about them all, but there you can study it in Bhaktivasamrita Sindhu. Prabhupada refers to them in his nectar devotion as preliminary symptoms of bhava. There are nine of them. Hmm? Um, and they're often cited as observable criterion hmm? that uh, is, is not imitatable in the way that sometimes ecstatic symptoms can be. One, first, one Indian fellow, and <laughs> it's a bit... Uh, strong, but in in, in London, uh, that is, some of you are reading Jamuna's book, and she was one of the first devotees in London. She probably was there when this happened. Some Indian guy came to their kirtan. He started falling on the floor, and he would come every time and fall and wail. And they asked Prabhupada what to do, and they said, "Kick him." Prabhupada said, "Kick him," you know. And uh, and uh, and then you'll see, and he kick and kick him. He said, hey, yeah, he stopped me. But if he was in such extraordinary state of ecstasy you'd be kicking him and he wouldn't you know react in that way so it was a good <laughs> let's check him out I mean he knew Prabhupada knew it was it was uh, imitation and so forth hmm. but it's harder to imitate being attached to living in a holy place because hmm. if you are you live there and people a lot of people think I'm going to go live in a holy place and after a while they go uh, I'll be back later. You know? <laughs> Got other things to do, and it was a great idea. It was fun while I was here. You know, but to stay there, hmm? 
day in and day out, year in and year out, and so forth. You know, this is some attachment is coming for that. Attachment to the name is one of the one of the symptoms. Um, yeah, yeah. the kalak doesn't waste a moment. Always one service to the next. These kinds. Of, so these are some external observable criterion. I should I should relearn them. Forgive me for forgetting them, all of them. Does that help? Yeah. What else? I have another kind of related to it. Um, when I joined devotees, there was one instance like devotee who just joined during Kirtan. He started having some symptoms. I'm pretty sure he wasn't imitating them. He didn't even hear about them. They just happened, and then uh, devotees gave him really, really hard time calling him imitator and whatnot, Sahajiya, and I was sorry, but I, for the poor guy at that time, I didn't know <laughs> how to help him. Mm-hmm. So, well, it is possible there is the abhas, the shadow of Bhav, people can can experience so it's possible. Hmm. Lord, Lord should have been aware of that and sensitive, but what else? Yes. Well, actually, it's not like a question, but uh, since I got here, I remember when the uh, first time I, I, I heard a song that's actually the, the one two song. I remember I really liked that song like from the beginning until now I, I, I really like it a lot I love it and uh, I, I asked Sachi actually and he told me something about it's about the eight steps that Krishna makes through the day mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to know if maybe you could talk to us more about it oh Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I was talking in a very general way about that, uh, given your acquaintance. That's a song we sing in the morning, usually, um, and it's about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And um, it's kind of a window into a day in the life of Sri Chaitanya hmm? in the eternal Leela, hmm? his divine play. So it, it speaks about how he wakes in the morning hmm? and, um, and um, and it, it, it describes poetically a, a, a visualization, a picture, hmm? for example. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rising in the morning, how it's breathtaking, his, his beauty and charm and so forth and uh, and then and then as it just speaks as the day proceeds as he wakes devotees assemble in the courtyard hmm, and to to greet him for the day and and um, and then he it describes that he comes and uh, goes to the Ganges to take a bath hmm, in the Ganges brushes teeth and 
and uh, he changes cloth, and Vishnu Priya is cooking at breakfast, and he comes back to the house with the devotees, and other thing, Gadadhar Pandit speaks the Bhagavatam class, they have a Bhagavatam class, <laughs> and the offering is made on the altar, then they all, in a very reckless way, uh, take prasadam. It's quite festive, big prasadam uh, meal, and then then he then he goes um, take a little rest, and he then he goes out mid morning, early well mid morning, with devotees on sankirtan. And they go out into the into the village and do sankirtan. And um, when he when he goes to, to, to do Sankirtan, he sees the cows coming across the, the the Ganges swimming, and he gets transported into Krishna Leela, sees himself as a cowherd boy. It's Krishna, and all the devotees go with him. And then they come out, and then they cross the river. Then at midday they have pastimes in the Ganges, swimming and sporting and. Um, playful um, pastimes in, in in the water, water sports hmm, for some time. And then they come to the city of Navadweep and they perform Sankirtan. And they go into every house, every single house in Nadia every day. <laughs> and uh, with the Kirtan. And then they come back across the Ganges with the cows, as the cows, like the cows coming home. And to the house, Mahaprabhu then prepares for evening, does a puja at home, and then go out for the night. And where do they go? They go to the house of Srivas, the elderly Srivas, um, and in his courtyard they have kirtan. And they perform kirtan till late, late, late at night like two in the morning, something like that, three in the morning. And just before the day comes, he comes home hmm, to his house. Vishnu Priya is there. He comes home. Nityananda sleeps over for the night. Hmm. Day starts again, and like this. So it describes that the day in the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the eternal world. So devotees seeing that, they commit that to memory, they, they visualize that throughout the day at different times, even while they're doing other things, they're thinking like this. And eventually they, they find themselves, they, and they aspire to be participate in that as a servant, in Dasyabhav, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And so there are opportunities in that for them to do some something in Dasyabhava, like when he takes his bath, to hold his cloth. Hmm. So there are opportunities that arise and they take advantage of them in meditation. Hmm. Gradually they enter into that meditative picture. Hmm. Um, and that day is divided into eight sections. There's time period. This this goes for this time period. This goes for this. So it's also a way of regulating your day and thinking. Now it's this time. What time is it? Oh, it's time to cross the Ganges and 
I'm doing my service. So I'm also there. And, and I, so, um, and those divisions of the day, they correspond with divisions in Krishna's day, in Krishna Leela. So, there are corresponding descriptions of Krishna Leela during those times of the day. So they, as I say, they, they, they correspond. So, um, it's a very deep meditation and, and, and um, it can be used, we, we use it in kirtan like that, and it can be used as I'm speaking in a general sense to, throughout your day, points of remembrance. Hmm? What is Krishna doing at this time? What is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu doing? What, what? And so forth. Um, and eventually, then they can be very deeply, that time, those times can be very deeply meditated upon. Hmm? And as I say, they, then they afford such meditation properly done by eligible persons. It, it affords the opportunity to start to enter into those pastimes. So it's a very high kind of song, but good way to start the day. Such a high ideal. But I'm starting my day, and this is the typical day of of my deity's life, day in the life of my deity, who I'm the servant of. So I sing that. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah. What else? Yes. Is there a uh, Parivash Sutra for the Chaitanya Charitamrita? Like a, a <laughs> that unlocks it, or is it even needed? I saw something online where they're kind of talking. Yeah, I saw somebody make make one up once. It was their their idea of it? I guess, but a modern person, but it's not been commented like that by any any acharya. I mean, you know, the Chaitanya Charitamrita is, is still the distilled essence of the Bhagavatam. Hmm. So it's trying to tell us what the Bhagavatam's about, ultimately. Um, and it mentions the Paribas Sutra, uh, the passwords and speak of the, of the Bhagavatam. Hmm. So I would just stay with that. That that tattva, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam is central to understanding Chaitanya Charitamrita too. It's tattva. Hmm. The Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna. I mean, I could think about it, I suppose. We could come up with something more, but as I haven't, and no Acharya's commentary has um, made such a comment. What else? Yes. I think a lot about how we try to present the tradition in a nice way, in a contemporary way, but I feel that it was intelligent and we were talking about intelligence the other night. Sometimes I wonder if we also think that someone doesn't have this any nice presentation. However, nice it is to have a 
on, so... Sort of the roles of intelligence and faith and secret and some sort of point in someone's life when they come to the bhakti. Yeah, it's all factor. So someone may have a lot of bhakti sukriti, bhakti samskar, and regardless of being either mistreated by the devotees or the philosophy mis- being misrepresented, they still become attracted and find their way in. And someone on the other hand may meet a very advanced devotee and with a very good presentation and not develop interest, apparently. But they're just beginning. So it depends on the background. Um, still, we should try to use our intelligence as, as best we can to make a thoughtful uh, presentation uh, that has intellectual integrity and, and so forth. But it doesn't ensure, I guess, as you're commenting, that that uh, intelligent people will will take it up. Bhagavatam says that um, even intelligent people are bewildered. Uyantiyatsuraya by Krishna. So, who is Krishna? So, sumedasaha is the word that's used in the Bhagavatam to describe what's necessary to to participate in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan, and it means very intelligent, but Sridharmarsh translated it as who has fine theistic uh, understanding coming from Bhakti Sukriti, Bhakti Sangskar. Mm-hmm. So it's really a tr- trans-rational transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we try to couch our feeling that we're trying to convey um, of our experience in bhakti in as reasonable of a presentation, thoughtful and so forth presentation as as, as possible, but um, that's only the, only a vehicle, hmm? and um, the you know the chitta of people will be influenced by bhakti sangskar as much as someone's got bhakti is making the presentation, even if the intellectual arguments and so forth don't quite work for them. But then, you know, that has to be picked up later on. Then that samskar is a beginning. And then they become psychologically disposed to resonate with the teachings. Hmm? They might even hear the teachings say, sure, that's it, isn't it like this? And they may be more right than the person who's teaching. <laughs> Because they have some background that's possible. Hmm. Seen that happen. You understand? So the transaction is, is, is not an intellectual affair, it's a spiritual affair. Hmm. But intelligence has a place. Like I said, I mean, language has a place, so the, 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 the experience of Vyasa is couched in the Sanskrit language, but it transcends the language. Therefore, he said, well, even if the language is imperfect and it's, the composition is problematic in some areas, don't let that get in the way. Hmm. All right, so we'll stop there. Sri Sri Dauji Gopal Ki Jai, Udivashtana Guru Paramparaki Jai, Gaur Bhaktabrindu Ki Jai, Gaur Premananda.